boys and girls to another episode of K Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? Living pretty solid, living good, you know, chilling out here on this Thursday evening, you know, ready to talk some wrestling, ready to talk some AEW, some revolution, or whatever else pops off, you know? Yeah, it's an AEW takeover on KFAB Comparisons. We are t- talking nothing but AEW right now. Busy week. Uh, also joining us, the uh, spectacular vernacular himself, Mr. Jesse Baker. How you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Just <clears throat> watch a bunch of wrestling, watch a bunch of TV. Been a pretty chill week out here in the country, but yeah, I'm excited to recap this pay-per-view. It's a fucking wild one. You love it. You got to love it. You got to love it. I'm super excited, man. I'm f- finally, finally, we have a full-blown AEW pay-per-view to talk about, AEW Revolution, and what a doozy it was. Uh, but last week, I wanted to go ahead and compliment you guys. You guys did a great job. because it's short and sweet, but uh, the show last week was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's like the first time in a long time that I listened from front to back to one of our shows because I wasn't on it, <laughs> so I didn't feel awkward. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good show. Um, yeah. Thanks for that, boys. We got down to business is what we did. Yeah, I got down to business. Got down to business. It was good stuff. Speaking of getting down to business, man, let's talk about AEW Revolution from this past weekend. Uh, I'm going to kick things off here. First things first. Um, Bleacher Report is a piece of shit app. It's (laughs) absolute garbage, and it is detrimentally hurting that company. Like, their pay-per-view landscape is so bad and i get that you can get it through xfinity or you can get it through wherever or you can just pirate ship the whole thing like i i understand that but like it if this is the way you promote it if this is honestly your main line is the bleacher report app like if i'm tony khan i'm pissed like i mean it's i mean twitter was for the first hour of the show was just nothing but like shitting all over that whole situation and like dude yeah, the Bleacher Report app is absolute garbage. I I don't know what else to say about it. But, yeah, did you guys watch the pre-show? Did anybody else watch it through the BR app or just me? Nah, I ordered it through Xfinity. No BR app for me. And, no, unfortunately, I didn't see the pre-show. But I read the match, and I'm sad that I didn't see it. It was good. Yeah. The pre-show match was great. The pre-show – dude, okay, this is what I'll say about the pre-show. I'll keep it short and sweet. The pre-show show kind of preps you – that you're going to be watching a professional wrestling event um, because it's not scripted in any way. So the filler promos are all off the cuff and they're all over the place. And it's not nearly the same type of pre-show you would get from like an NFL game or a WWE show where it's like obviously planned interviews, packaged video things like none of that shit. It's literally just Renee in the arena kind of standing close to where the announcer table would be if it was like in the WWE, like on that side of the barricade. So you can see the, you know, the main entrance set in the background. And she's just like talking about the show and throws every now and then to RJ city who does like an impromptu promo with somebody that who would be relatively good, but it's like, RJ City is always comedy, so it's like he's he's trying to like okay. So the promo that he did with Adam Cole on this pre-show, Adam Cole did a great job of like off the cuff. This isn't scripted. I'm just gonna be in my zone. I'm a serious guy. I'm not a comedy guy. And like just the constant like little giggles that RJ City was trying to get in there. It's just like this is not a 
It's not not great for his character, is what I was thinking. You know what I mean? But like, same time, the match. Then the match happens, right? Phenomenal match, like ridiculously good bell to bell action. Amazing match. Like I was like, wow, like holy shit. If they just set the tone for the the, the night, it's gonna be a killer show. And I was not wrong. Like the pre-show was fantastic. If you didn't get a chance, you can go watch it on YouTube now. Go back and watch it. That six man is insane. It's really awesome. Word up. I definitely mean to go back and check it out. I was upset that I didn't get to. Yeah, I was uh, doing some grilling so I didn't catch the show until it actually started. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So um, who's got the card in front of him? I do. Wanna, let's, let's go down this thing, uh, Mr. Spectacular Renacular. Uh, well, tell me. Open up with the head of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Mr. Chris Jericho himself, up against absolute Ricky Starks. Um, I can just go ahead and say I thought it was a great opener. I thought this is a perfect place for this match on this card, given, you know, yes, it had JAS banned from ringside, quote unquote, but like it wasn't gimmicky. There's not a shit ton of people in it. I thought it was a really, really, really good place for this match. I uh, love the finish, I love the decision. Uh, Starkey baby getting the win over the vet. I loved it. What did you guys think, uh, Wes? Oh, I thought it was a great match. It wasn't like, you know, five-star FTR or nothing like that, but it was still a pretty fucking good opener. like to see Ricky Starks get the win. I'm pretty sure me and you both predicted that was going to happen anyways. And like you said, Chris Jericho, Starkey, man, it's not going to disappoint. And it, I'm glad it didn't go too long. Yeah. It, just kinda, it, it kept the fucking show going. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I thought it was a great opener as well. Just to reiterate that there were three in a row there. But um, I also think that like it was like at this point, you can see that Chris Jericho is not as fast as he once was. But I think he's definitely changed his style enough to where he doesn't have to be now. And it's that's so smart because it's like he, he wrestled this match and he was great. He wasn't slow. He wasn't behind. He didn't miss spots. He looked very clean. But his style is so much different now that. It's like it just popped into my brain. It's like he's the Tom Brady of pro wrestling, period. Like he just he's changing. And it's like at some point we're all like, oh, he's got to get too old. But it's like you don't ever see it. Like it's like I mean, it's it's like there's not everyone's like, oh, he's going downhill. He's going downhill. He's getting old. It's like but there's not there's not the decline there. And I mean, Starks also, too. I mean, great job. I thought this match was worked really well. If we're doing the old school six, like six pack rating, I would give it like four and a half. So well above average, really good, strong opener. Not like a history making match. Exactly. That's not a saying. really strong opener. five star, but it was a killer match. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So four and three quarter beers for me. What'd you got on the second match, man? What do you have? What was up next? I think it was Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, right? That is correct in the uh, weirdest build ever match. So, uh, <laughs> Daniel, what'd you, I'll let you go first on this one. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, it's a it's a very old school '90s wrestling match. All of it, including the move sets, um, the gimmickiness of it. I thought it was a good. It's like a good change of pace from the opener match, which is more of a technical wrestling match. But it's not like the wrestling was good. I mean, obviously they're both good wrestlers, but it was it was like. It was good wrestling in spite of a really heavy gimmicked match. So, like, I think that they actually surpassed expectations because I thought the match could have been really bad considering the gimmicky stuff they had. But it wasn't. It was a really good match. And I actually would have rated this about the same way, like four and a half beers out of six. Like, again, not history making, but very, very good enough to, like, enough to push Jungle Boy. And I think, again, like, I want to say this early on in the, in the card, too. I think the both these first two matches booked phenomenally well. Right guy went over. The way it happened, the, the the finish leading to the ending was 
perfect. Really well done. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Another four, four and a half, maybe four and three quarter for me. Uh, Jesse, back at you. What do you think? Man, um, I'm, I'm going to have to go straight down the middle on this one for a couple of reasons. One, I just don't see why they couldn't have given the stipulation or the gimmick a little bit more definition leading into the match. You know, I mean, I get that they hinted at it, but I don't understand why you wouldn't just say, we're going to have a final burial match or whatever they ended up calling it. And yeah. just a couple of weeks beforehand, instead of doing the weird clippy, like, will they or won't they stuff? Because at that point, it's like, you're not doing any, you're not doing the match or the pay-per-view any favors by not saying so. And I feel like the right. build could have been better and kind of made the match feel like it made a little bit more sense if that had been kind of har- like harped on and hyped up. But I do agree the match itself was great. They didn't spend too much distraction time to like get away from any issue or anything like that. Like it wasn't just, you know, hokey for hokey sake or anything like that. The biggest thing that took off for it for me was the very tail end, dude. Just right when he closes the lid. I don't know if they just didn't test the production on that. I'm sure they did and somebody thought it looked great. But that weird little like piff, like crop dusting of smoke that came up after they like did the quick drop of the coffin just yeah. looked like the most high school Halloween play shit. Yeah, it looked very cartoony. Yeah, so it was almost like a little flag that said like "boom" or something that was going to come out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, some wily coyote shit. But um, yeah, man, I agree with the win, agree with the booking, agree with the placement on the card as well. All the same reasons, but yeah, still like right in the middle for me. That's fair. I didn't mind it honestly. It didn't bother me. But Wex, where you at? I'm probably closer to you. Probably like four, four and a half. It was definitely above average. I thought it was kind of, it caught me off guard when the casket just dropped in the ground. So, I mean, it did look weird, but I was like, oh, that, that's different. All yeah, right. I think I was more in shock of like that it just. Yeah, me dropped. too. I was just like, what the fuck? I wasn't expecting it. Because I was just like, why do they have the dirt and the shovel if all you do is need to close the lid? I thought that was just kind of weird. Yeah. And I was kind of confused. I was like, does he have to bury him at first? Like, I was kind of off, but like you said, the wrestling was really good. The whole, like, you know, LB finally hits the concerto after, you know, being torn to hit it before. It's just. It was great booking, great story, great wrestling. Like you said, wasn't like a technical masterpiece, but for the gimmick, they did what they could, and it was pretty fucking solid. I mean, Christian Cage, dude, Christian Cage in the fucking sleeveless turtleneck, dude, come on now. Yeah. That's 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 pure heel villain nine thousand shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it, but yeah, like I'm right there, probably about like four, four and a half, somewhere in the middle, something like that. It was excellent. It was excellent. The next match, uh, also, again, they kind of keep them coming here. For the AEW Trios titles, we have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, otherwise known as the Elite, the reigning Trios champions, headed in against the House of Black, defending, again, a weird build. But, you know, Wes, we know the Bucks are your boys, so uh, let's go to you. Hey, dude. Like you said, weird build kind of didn't really make much sense, but everyone kind of knew what was going on here. I I consider these titles up until, you know, we'll talk about it later, what's going on Dynamite. It's like the PWG titles. It's just it doesn't really need a build or anything. It's just we're going to see some crazy-ass fucking six-man match, and that's what we got. Just absolutely insane, like, so many crazy spots. Like, and just seeing Kenny Omega just eat some of those fucking knees and some of that shit, just seeing him vulnerable like that in the trio setting and, like, I didn't really expect House of Black to get the victory, but like when it just happened, I was just like, oh, shit. That's got, I was very happy for them, for Alistair, yeah. or Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews. Like, hold on, like, they need the titles. Like, the elite, the elite at this point don't need the belts, but like the House of Black need the titles at this point. I think it was a perfect decision to put it on them. 
because now we're going to get the Bucks back in the tag division, get that popping off again. Kenny Omega's back in singles competition. And, you know, they could have some trios matches every once in a while. But, dude, yeah. perfect for, the, like, per- just, like, amazing match. In, like, in-ring work, five-star. But, like, I'll, I'll probably also give this one, like, a maybe almost up to the five-beer mark. But it was a really good match, one of my favorite matches of the night. It was just work, work, constantly, just some good shit there. Good ending, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fully agree. I actually I, – I went five beers on this one because I thought that, like – of the trios division, I know it's very young, so it's easy to say this now because it's a young division. But like, I think that overall, this has probably been one of the best trios championship matches, and they've had some bangers. But I think that this is probably the best one. So maybe not like historic in like a generational sense, but like definitely historic in like promotion yeah. history. And it's more like know? a clash of styles because the Lucha Bros and them kind of wrestle that same style, and this is like yeah, completely like you can like like. Like there were clips from this match that will be used in like highlight bumpers for like oh, yeah, for sure. Rampage and Dynamite and stuff like that. Like I mean, so I think that it was uh, above really good. I think it was a great match. Um, and since we're uh, since we're here too, uh, Jesse, what do you think about this one? Man, I mean, I you know I, I went about four and a half, uh, just slightly lower, but at the same time, that's not to say the match was bad. I thought it was great. Right. The two standout positives of this match to me were a, it, it kind of cements the seemingly aimless direction of a stable like House of Black to go ahead and have those titles. It makes it mean something. Yeah. So it doesn't just look like it was thrown together. And B, I like the fact that it was kind of the numbers game that played into the elite losing. Cause normally it's in their favor every other right. time. And the fact that Julia Hart getting involved and yada, 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 it says a lot to the turn. It makes the turn eventually make more sense. So I'm for it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And since we're here, I feel like now is a good time to kind of bring up the elite and where they go. Um, I think that Kenny's going to sign with WWE. I think that's going to happen. I, 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 and I, I don't think it's going to be a Cody Rhodes type thing. I think he's, I think they're going to put him in NXT or they're going to put him, they're going to treat him like a Shinsuke. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to put him like, I know a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, they'll sign him and they'll put him like, you like, I don't know if that dude's ever going to headline WrestleMania and not, and that's not his fault. It's just like, he's like, if he had signed in 2016, 2018, maybe, maybe now, I don't know. He's got a lot, dude. He's worn those tires down. Like I know he's like younger still is like maybe 39, 38, 39, but like he has had a lot of injuries and you can tell like it, it looks like he's moving through them because he still has youth and he can still can, but you, it doesn't look as effortless as it used to. Like, it looks like he's trying a lot. Like, it's still just as smooth. He's still 10 out of 10 wrestler. I'm not knocking his wrestling ability. He's still absolutely God-tier wrestler. Like, no doubt about it. But it doesn't look nearly as effortless as it used to. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, like, like first-run Shawn Michaels versus second-run Shawn Michaels. Yes, exactly. That's exactly Still really good wrestling, but his body, you can tell. Exactly. Still top-tier. But you can see that it's a little different. And so – I, I think that now I think he's literally going through a midlife slash mid career crisis. And he's like, I, I got to see. Cause I mean, worst case scenario, he goes, it doesn't work. He comes back, turns heel and cuts a massive promo in AEW and he's the new Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Like, like he has, to me, that's the best option. Like the otherwise people are going to constantly talk about what if, what if, what if, and they're going to pay you really well. They'll probably even let you sign a one year deal if you wanted. 
You know, like, or maybe, well, probably two. They'd probably, they'd probably wrap them into like a. a I'd say piece. because of the time frame and what's going on with WWE, they're not doing one-year deals anytime soon. I don't think yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I think he's signing. I think the Bucks will eventually. I don't. I think they'll they'll, they'll probably do an FTR though. I think they'll sign. I, I I don't think that they end their career not being in WWE. I think that they at least go for a run, even if they're just used like Generation Me and shit on. Like I don't think they care. I think they want to have that run. They want to have. It's like, it's like at this point they're just they're Boy Scouts collecting badges, man. They're already at the very top. Like they're, you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything more in tag team wrestling that you haven't already done, other than wrestle at a WWE pay per view. Oh, I could de- if they ever go to WWE, they'll definitely get a tag title run for sure. Oh, for they sure. Of course the they titles. will. Of course they will. But let's be. I mean, who gives a fuck about the tag team titles right now? You know what no, I mean? Like WWE, no one cares right now. So right. That's what I'm saying. It'd be cool for them to get that, like, you know, that, you know, like you said, that badge to collect. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that that's what it's going to be for them. I think Kenny's more like, can I? I mean, maybe if Cody does go and they could easily turn Kenny heel and do that. Dude, what if Cody wins a title and then randomly Kenny Omega just comes in and boom, and the buddy, like, is heel and that could be a good feud. That could be, be a great. good feud. It'd be great. I just don't, I don't see them putting that kind of stock in Cody and then immediately having it not be to build their own people. Like, right. It would be right away. I also just, I gotta be honest. I don't see the Kenny thing only because I think his involvement in the other aspects of AEW and other companies potentially is what will stop him from doing the E thing. Unless he were instantaneously offered a primo spot of some kind. If like, if he had that kind of guarantee for some reason, which I don't think they would give him, frankly, but he's burnt out on the other jobs. Where he's burnt out. He put it too much on his be, plate. I kind of think it's the other way around, dude. It looks to me like it looks to me like he's burnt out on being in the fucking ring, you know. And like he can still be selective with what he does and still do all kinds of other stuff with AEW. And that's what leads me to believe that the WWE thing with the travel and everything else. I just don't. I, I don't know. It seems unrealistic to me. Bucks. I could see what sucks about the Bucks thing now, though, is that like there are no dream tag team feuds left for them in WWE. No, because I mean Usos. Got yeah, no tag teams. Yeah, but Usos is about to not be a thing. Let's be honest. Like that's you know they're going to start building to both of them being separate. I I fully do believe that down the line this time next year. I mean they'll have a split, but it won't last long. It'll be like a Hardy split. It it it, it, it will not last long. They've learned their lesson from that. They've learned their lesson. It will not be long. I just feel like that's going to be something that they build to the two of them eventually facing each other with some meaning behind it, and it's going to be a long fucking program. And you know, to me. That and like peak New Day, I think would have been great, obviously. But yeah. that's not happening anytime soon. I mean, fucking no. Kofi's injured again now. You know that, that they're all just trading <laughs> with like. So I don't know. I mean, it would be. I don't even know if it would be bad for AEW, really. If you think about I, it, yeah, I don't. Like, I don't think it would be bad if if all even hypothetically if all three of them leave. Don't think that really. I mean, like at the end of the day, you got MJF, and they got other stars that can step up. Maybe yeah. they got MJF. I mean, it was no, time they for, got him. They've got him. Time He's ticking on that in two, maybe. He's staying for a while. Right, what's the next match on the card? Yeah, let's keep it going. Next match is the three-way match for the AEW World Women's Championship between Jamie Hayter, the reigning champion, Soraya Raya, and uh, Ruby Asoahoa. And I called this one wrong as fuck. Um, but I think it was partially because I'm not very invested. Maybe that makes me a dick, but I couldn't really get that invested in the match while it was on either. 
I got to be honest. I was looking for a hook. I didn't really find one for myself. I thought that the turn angle at the end didn't mean anything to me, really. Um, everybody looked fine in ring, you know. I mean, Hater looks great. They kept it on her. I, it was like a two for me, maybe. I cracked two during and just kind of waited. Yeah, to me, I mean, it's it's hard to pull off those matches as it is. It's hard to pull off those matches in a, a specific time frame. And it's hard to try to tell all the stories that you're trying to tell. I do think that the Ruby turn had some weight to it. I agree that I wasn't personally invested in it, but I know that they've like been trying to champion her as this underdog for like the past year. So it makes, I mean, it's a little bit, it's, it's like a, it's like an eyebrow raise, like turn. You're like, Oh, didn't necessarily see it coming. Doesn't change my life, but like, that's, I mean, but it's probably a good booking call. Like that makes more sense to me for her. Cause it's like, I mean, you're not putting the title on her. And so it's like, you might as well invest her in the person that you're getting on TV all the time. If I'm Ruby Soho, it's like, well, yeah, I'll just be in their group. Cause they're at least I'm on TV every week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and they're not going to give me the title right now. I got to wait for these angles to blow over, whatever. Like I might as well be doing something else. And I think that that's, I think it worked out. I think that, yeah, the match itself was, wasn't bad. Wasn't really great. Wasn't even, wasn't even very good. Uh, but it was good. <laughs> it was fine. The match was fine. How about that? The match was fine. Wasn't good. Wasn't bad. It was just fine. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, two, two and a half, maybe two and a half. Where you at, Wex? Yeah, I'm probably about like right there in the middle, maybe about three. Like, I understand like the turn didn't really make it. It was like not that impactful last night, but on Dynamite, she cut a pretty big promo that I think kind of like solidified it. It would have been better if she would have been able to cut that after the match. Yeah. You know, it's a pay per view. You got time constraints. You got an Iron Man match. You know, you can't be wasting everybody's time. But like, like you said, the ring work, like the in ring work was good. It yep. wasn't anything like shitty, no, no notable botches that I can no. think of. Pretty solid match. Like, I was right in the middle. Nothing, just just average. Yeah. Fair enough. That adds up. That adds it's up. It's on a show of lots of great matches. Like, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is the uh, Californian Texan death match extravaganza between Hangman Adam Page and Jonathan Moxley. And uh, Wex, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Hey, I mean, not a fan of John Moxley, as we've noted many times in this podcast, but Texas Deathmatch against fucking Hangman Adam Page was great. Uh, fantastic. The ending was fucking poetic. I mean, Hangman hanging Moxley with the chain with the outside of the ring. I mean, they got down and dirty. They beat the fuck out of each other. I mean, I didn't ex- expect anything less from this match. Fantastic. Uh, I went five beers on it. I thought it was great. Absolutely solid, bloody gnarly match that I wanted. And like I said, the ending, perfect. Like, can't get any better than that. Not looking forward to them continuing feudings. That looks, looks like what was happening on Dynamite there, but, like, they should just, if they would just end it here, fucking perfect. But, uh, I can't rate that on what happened afterwards. Yeah, if I'm just rating it based on the match itself, yeah, five beers for me. Thought it was fantastic. So, Daniel? Yeah, yeah I think, um, I mean, I, I, would, I went another four here. Another four, maybe four and a half, just because I think that I, I, it, it was it was better than I expected it to be. The in-ring work brought me into the match more than I cared about any feud that they might have. You know what I mean? Like the, to me, that's oil and water like that doesn't it doesn't make sense. And honestly, I know people might like think that I'm weird by saying this, but their characters, even though their gimmicks are very different, their characters are very similar. Like. Oh, yeah. 
They just have different mannerisms. Like, for example, like there, there's like a, a, a character in a movie, like they're just two different actors takes on pretty much the same character. Like that's what they are. Like, so that being said, I thought the wrestling was really good. I thought uh, Paige looked great. I thought that Moxley is just crutching on the blood as much as he possibly can. And I'm just like, dude, he is like dusty roads. Like he's going to have like ground B forehead. Like he's I love just, it though. I, I mean, I, I just, love I don't it. love it. I don't like, I, I, cause I don't, I mean, it's like, I don't think he needs it. Doesn't I mean? It's just too quick every time. He's like the every time. Rick Flair. Like Ric Flair would start bleeding in a fucking promo, and that's Mox. Yeah, but if you're gonna pick one category to be the modern day Ric Flair, that's not the one you want. Yeah, yeah. I would rather be the modern day bleeder guy than the modern day rapey show my wiener guy. But you know. Okay, we're uh, talking about in ring Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I like I like it though. I I cannot get upset every time I see him bleeding for no reason. It's it's like almost comical at this point. Yeah, I thought the match was booked phenomenally. I thought the booking on the card was really 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 good. Really good. The pacing um, was amazing. Yeah, but this is a uh, yeah. I mean, it was a good leeway. It was a good build up match because like this is a like. It's a good spot. Like even the layout of the car was booked really well. The planning of it, because you can still have a banger here, but because of how the violent style of it, it doesn't. It's not going to overshadow your main event. You know what I mean? Like it, you can you can have the real barbed wire, and you can have the obvi- obviously faked barbed wire, and like you you, ha- you can have it all there. But like it doesn't take anything away from what what else you're trying to do in the show. So yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I would yeah, maybe four four and a half at most at most four and a half. So I, I got to say, I was expecting not to like it at all, just based on the fact that, like, you know, Paige cut a couple of good promos leading into it. Again, the build here just confused. And the AEW has a habit of this with me. The build just confuses me. I'm like, OK, so you guys are getting in a fight because you both knocked the other one out and one guy won and then the other guy won. And that's why you're fighting. I don't really get this. Isn't that the nature of what you're kind of here to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like right. anybody like did anything snaky, you know, like it's not <laughs> like. But I don't know. It just – I didn't have any interest in what they – in the story they were trying to tell. But they pulled a fucking great match out of it, I got to say. And, I mean, I ended up giving it like five just because of the way that they structured the ending sequences in the match and everything I thought was great. And I might have rated it lower based on the gimmick originally, but I thought they actually used it really well. I really do. I thought that the way that they went into it, there were some innovative spots that you don't normally see out of matches like this from both parts – and Daniel, you're dead on about the placement. I mean, if you're going to have the final burial match, which everybody doesn't know what the rules are, but again, there are basically no rules. It's just how you win. And then you're going to have a 60-minute Ironman match. Putting this anywhere other than dead ass in the middle with a couple of buffer matches around it would have been a mistake. Yeah. But they put it in the right spot. So kudos. Yeah. Five beers from me. Then we move on into the TNT title match with the challenger, Mr. Hordlow. And the reigning champion, Samoa Joe. Um, yeah. This one was interesting. Daniel, what'd you, uh, what would you have on this one? Well, so, okay, initial reaction would be, that makes sense. Joe's going to try to build this brand, Ring of Honor. They're trying to, even though they're doing the softest launch of all time, hopefully he can get some semblance of star power there and they rekindle something of what they had before. Um, makes, makes sense for Warlow to have it. He's been on fire and he's kind of that he's like, I mean, at this point, when you think about the TNT title, 
it's kind of Wardlow's face is and his name are in the top two or three people you just naturally think of. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think they should keep kind of running with this. I think you could probably benefit for another, honestly, full year of being around that title picture. Maybe not necessarily the champion as we've already seen. Um, but, and I, so I thought it was good booking there as it was, um, now knowing, you know, post post dynamite that, he lost it to another heel. It makes even more sense, which I think is smarter booking because you can't very well have Hobbs take it off of Samoa Joe. Uh, and you also get Wardlow to say he's a multiple time. You see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a really, a really good win win. And it also keeps, I mean, Wardlow just had this massive win. It makes sense for him to like, you know, you can easily sell on commentary that he's still worn out brutal battle, you know, like with Samoa Joe. It, it's great. Like it, it's, it, it's smart booking. Um, the match did not steal the show. Um, Wardlow, it, it, listen, I love Joe. Uh, he's not he's not doing what Chris Jericho's doing. It's visible that he is slower. Uh, it's visible that he is not what he was. Now, Samoa Joe's an absolute legend. So 80% of Samoa Joe, which is what we have now, is still better than 100% of a lot of people that are in the back or in that locker room. So it's not that he doesn't deserve to be there. He's not good enough to keep going. But, like, he's obviously not the guy you're going to try to build a big brand mid, mid-main event, mid-tier got a card around, you know, like a, uh, division around is what, that's what, what I was looking for. Like he's, he's, he's the guy that you're going to put as the stately old veteran and the relaunch of ring of honor who has name value. There makes sense. Wrestling was okay. Booking was great. Um, three and a half, maybe four. That's where I'm at. Lex Lee. What'd you think? Yeah, this is the only match that really just didn't do it for me. I gave it about 2.75. It was just like, eh. like I'm, I'm, I've seen this enough. I was over it. Like, yeah. It was more looking than the match for me, but yeah. Yeah, it was just, I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I kind of like, I paid attention more to the women's match than this, which is saying something. But, I mean, I went up and took a piss, you know, maybe drank some liquor, got some food. But I came back as this match was ending, and I was like, eh, all right, we're low on it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I was about, I was about like two and a half on it, only because it was kind of, again, it made sense. You can't fault the participants for where the match was on the card because the match placement for the entire card was really great. But I do think that what they brought to the table suffered from following Mox and Page in that Texas. They should have switched this in the women's match, and I probably would have got me. Uh, maybe, yeah, I could see that working. I could see that working. I mean, it's two big dudes, you know, that wrestle both like a little too agile for what they're supposed to do. Um so, I, I mean, I get it, but I thought the finish was inventive, you know, and it kind of like kept playing up to the fact that they've involved Hobbs in this three-way angular yeah. thing, which at first comes off as kind of confusing until you kind of see how everything played out. So, yeah, I give it two and a half. I mean, I, I, Wardlow should have won. I mean, that makes sense to me. So I'm for that. And I thought both guys did a good job. So, yeah, go like team. Daniel, like the way that Wardlow lost it, like. Kind of like you kind of say the commentators could say, oh, he's tired, but like he literally legit had his car broken into. They had to change it to a street fight because he had no gear. And I mean, it, everything it makes sense. Like it just him losing yeah. was OK. It made sense for the story. Yeah, it's great for Hobbs in the long run, except for the whole oh, yeah. QT thing. The whole QT Marshall that. bullshit. You don't you don't need that at all. Nah, nah, but nah, we'll see nah, where it goes. We'll see where it goes. The next up, as long, uh, the, as long as the Nightmare Factory doesn't exist anymore, I mean, you I'm are sure the worst 
Wex, you are the worst blurter of all time. <laughs> like it's like it's like emo- like you do it on a lot of shit. I don't think you even notice it, but like there'll be this pause and then like like to move and then it's just like it's either me or Jesse or even Jessica one time where it's like right when we're it's like and then even it's because <laughs> hey, I take my spots. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Speaking of taking some spots, next up. We have for the AEW World Tag Team Championships a four-way tag circus between reigning championship holder, contender people, holders, the gun club, the ass boys, whatever you want to call them. Apparently, the crowd was strictly instructed not to chant ass boys during this part of the show, which I'm sure went over tremendously well. Uh, The acclaimed, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, and the team of Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, uh, Wes, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think of this one? Uh, it was a lot better than I expected for how random the participants were, and it was a pretty solid match. Like, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen especially took a lot of good heat from everybody. Like, it was just – I just didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and I don't don't really agree with the decision on the guns retaining the titles, but I guess I see where they're going for the post-match. Like, it, it all made complete sense for the post-match, but – for the moment, I was like, man, fuck. Like, the guns, like, it should have been the acclaimed. But the whole post-match thing, FTR, it all made a lot of sense. I I went about three and a half, 3.75, almost four. But, because it's, I expected to be a lot lower. It wasn't amazing, but, like, it's still pretty solid. I, I like the involvement of Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Mr. Yeah, I mean, I thought the match was phenomenal. I, I thought that, uh, and I love the Ass Boys, by the way. I think that they uh-huh. are absolutely the right team to have the titles. I think they're the right team to have retained the titles. Um, I think that they're, I mean, I think that them and FTR are going to burn the house down. I think it's going to be insanely good. Um, and the match was great. And I thought that booking Danhausen and Cassidy both got really good shine in the match and the right person to lose lost. Like doesn't, Danhausen can do a thousand jobs in a row and it's not going to hurt his character. People are still going to cheer for him. It's never going to hurt him. Like anybody else getting pinned in that situation would have hurt their stock for sure. Like, so I, again, I think, I think that this is the best, might not be the best AEW show that there's ever been, but I think this is the best booked show. That oh yeah. That definitely. Like, ever I, mean, I gave it almost ever. four beers. It was still a good match. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I went. Yeah, I mean, I went four and a half. I'd go five beers on this one. Again, I think this is a you're going to use clips and highlights from this match for a lot of these this talent for a long time. So I think that it was maybe not legendary, but historical in the company. So really great tag match. You don't really, I mean, yeah, you have Jeff Jarrett, but like Jeff Jarrett's a relatively new face here still. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like no one here is like OG, like made on WWE TV type star you know what i mean no, like, not, i mean yeah not one and like it was a great it was a great and this is why it should have been booked here towards the end the value here wwe is not paying any attention to their tag titles aew relishes their tag titles it's a really smart move really well done i went five beers on it great match i love the ass boys i hope they retain i hope they beat ftr i think that meant that would be the next notch that they need I, uh, you know, I go four beers for the four way. I thought it was a really good match. There's some spots that were a little too like convoluted for me, but that's going to happen with this many people in a match. I thought overall they handled that aspect of it really well. I think this is a perfect placement for Jeff Jarrett. Personally, I think that he adds a lot and probably more than even we know. 
to yeah. being involved in these people and this match. And Jay Lethal, same could be said for Jay. Like yeah. the expertise that those guys have just in terms of ring psychology and stuff. If you're talking about getting that pass to dudes like the acclaimed and the guns, just in the concept of putting a match together, like invaluable levels of knowledge right there. Uh, Cassidy and Danhausen definitely like red herrings here, you know, like, and I think for valuing the tag titles as much as AEW does, I do kind of wish that they had put another established team in that spot. I know that that may not make sense to a lot of people, but it's just one of those things that, you know, I'm glad they found a spot for Danhausen on the show and he crushes it. It makes sense though with the best friend story. So at least that you have that. I get it, I guess, but either way, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with the guns retaining because a, if they lose here this quickly after getting them, you fucking bury the team. Like, yeah, it just wouldn't make any sense. Whether it's yeah. a, you know, I know the acclaimed are hot as shit, and everybody wants to see them have it right now, or a lot of people do anyway. But still, like, they were fine with their run, and right now they can coast. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they'll be in a war for it for God knows how long, and that's perfect. Yeah. I also got to give it up. The guns fucking tag finisher was sweet as fuck. I like Dude, I, I love that team. Like I, I low key think the guns are going to be like, I think they're going to be legends. I think they're going to be legends. I can like, see it. I mean, they handled themselves that way, you know, for the ugh. most part. So. So, I think that they're ridiculously good and they had, they're like, it's like if you took Billy Gunn from like all aspects of his career and then split him in half, all of his personalities and put him in two separate people, that would be like, they're obviously two very different people. Like yeah. they have the different type body types. They're, they're like they wrestle differently. They talk different. Like, but they're both so. It's like it, I genuinely feel like uh, every other tag team of brothers. There's, you know, which one is the brother? You know what I'm saying? Like everybody knows the star. Like, dude, they are equally tread. Like, fully equally tread. Great brother tag team. Hope they last forever. Very much USO esque. Sure, they might do a split at some point for six months. By the end of the year, they're going to be back together. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fine with it. I love the guns. Glad they won. I love what they're doing with the tag titles right now. If it, the only difference for me, I agree, is 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 the Orange Cassidy Danhausen team. But I would have put Hookhausen in there because he already had that a few times. Like, and that Hook storyline. Like, they're still buddies. Like, that would have made sense. You still could have had the Dan Housen spots. Dan Housen could still take the loss, and Hook will get a little bit more shine. Orange Cassidy didn't necessarily need that much more shine. He's got the title. He's Orange Cassidy. Promote Hook a little more. Put him in that spot. I think that would have worked out a little bit better, but that's me. I get it. I personally would have probably put Top Flight there, but that's, that's just fair. to make it different. They would have been the only team like them at all, and I don't know. I, just, I, I think that they could use a push outside of just being in trios, but anyway, that's just me. Um Headliner, we're here. We are here. We're at the AEW Revolution 2023 main event of the evening. 60-man Iron Man match. 60-man. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? 60-minute <laughs> Iron Man match for the AEW World Heavyweight title between Maxwell Jacob Friedman and the challenger Brian Danielson. Lex, where was it for you? Hey. Okay, honestly, at this point in the pay-per-view, like I was – Towards the end of that, uh, the tag team match, I was, like, nodding off, falling asleep. You know, it was a Sunday night. I got to work Monday morning. Got to wake up at 6.30. And I'm like, I'm working man. What? He's a working man. Yeah, exactly. You know, working hard. But, like, you know, I'm starting to get tired. And then this match is getting ready to come on, you know. I, you know, I get up for a minute. And then once it starts, like, I'm immediately fucking hooked. Like, I'm wide awake again. And 
they had me hook, line, and sinker, like, from the beginning, and I was super fucking hyped. Like, after the match, I mean, you know, I couldn't go to sleep after the match. Like, I was just, my drone was still, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, this was a match, like, probably one of the best Iron Man matches I've ever seen. Like, I don't want to, you know, people love Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, but, dude, this, this had so many layers, so good. The extension into overtime, which is the classic, and then, like, even the the mimic spots from the Iron Man match. Like, so much of this pop for me. I thought it was fantastic. I gave it six beers. One of the best AEW match. One of MJF's best matches, period, in his career. One of Brian Danielson's best matches. Just, like, it was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about it. Like I said, the nostalgia throwbacks, the new stuff, the layers, even the heel water tequila vodka throw to the kid's face, it all worked. I loved it. I got to say, I'm right there, dude. I gave it six. I fucking hate Iron Man matches. I hate them. I didn't even like Brett and Sean, really. I mean, I like it fine, but it's not my go-to like it is for a lot of people. I feel like I agree with a lot of other podcasters when they say, if it's a 60-minute match, why do I need to watch anything other than the last five minutes? So I wasn't necessarily really looking forward to this. I mean, I knew it would be fine. But uh, the 60 minutes flew the fuck by, frankly. I mean, like, it was just one of those things where even with the timer, that was the last thing I was looking at. And the way that they structured the match, the way they structured the falls, all of it, the cerebral aspect of it not only made sense, but, like, Talk about knowing both of them, knowing how to milk the crowd in just the right spots and use that time to where it didn't feel draggy. Like, so good. I thought that whole thing was perfect. The end, you know, that it made all the sense in the world. And I've heard some controversy about parts of the ending, but I got to say, like, to me, that's the only way to end it and have MJF move on to a different contender. Like, so it makes sense. Keep that strap on Max for a while. Six beers for me. I fucking loved it. Okay, boys. Here we, <laughs> Here we go. Oh, so you did I, uh, I have the Shawn Michaels logo tattooed on my body. I am the biggest fanboy. I think that Shawn Michaels is inarguably the greatest single professional wrestler in the history of the sport, period. That being said, this is the best Iron Man match of all time. I love Brett and Sean. I love it. I love it. It was it was my number three match of all time. And it might still be number three. Um, this match might be my favorite match of all time. It might be my personal favorite match of all time. So what happened with me with Bleacher Report is I missed like the first three falls. Like, oh. It just kept stuttering in and out. Yeah. Stuttering in and out. That so. Sucks. Finally got it working, and I literally had to finish it on my phone because it would like it wouldn't cast. It would just like I just had to watch it on my phone, which sucks. So I watched it begrudgingly, and then I went to bed and I was like, okay, it was pretty good. Seems like a regular, regular, decently good AEW like main event. Um, so again, like I came in the next morning with kind of a biased opinion. I'd already seen the end of the match. I knew who won, um, and you know it was Sunday night. It was a long pay per view. I'd been I'd been having some yeah. beers, so. Uh, I went in very clear-headed the next morning, and I watched from the minute the bell rang, and like I'm, I literally have chills thinking about it. Like it was the, it's the best professional wrestling match I've seen in my life. It, it was, it was on every level. I thought Daniel Brian Danielson did a fantastic babyface veteran thing. Like he didn't, 
he it wasn't like just white meat. Like he was definitely, you know, with the jumping jacks and like trying to do the, but the response, like the character work between the two of them outside of the actual wrestling was just as important as the holds and moves themselves. The way they looked at each other, the words that they said that you could catch on camera, all of that was so perfectly done that I was completely lost in the moment. I was not. I was like, I was completely suspended all my disbelief. I was in this story and it was amazing in every way. I loved the tease to tap and then tapping anyway for the finish. Ridiculously good. Yeah. Hats off to both guys. This will be match of the year should probably be match of the decade. It's my favorite professional wrestling match of all time. Two cases of beer, two suitcases in both hands. Best match. Dude, I can't, I can't agree. Like I said, I'd literally been drinking all day. I was like nodding the fuck out. And this match had me like to literally the point where I could not go to sleep afterwards. It was like yeah. 1130 going on midnight. And I'm sitting here just like laying in bed like, God damn it. That was such a good match. And like you said, the subtle character things. I don't know if I'm I, who cares if I'm jumping in at this point. No, I don't care. The character things like the whole time Danielson's been in AEW, he's never really done the yes chant. And he. Hike the crowd up for the yes chant, goes for the Basico knee, then the kick out, like, yeah. oh, so good. So fucking good. The yeah, character work's importance is just told by the fan reaction the whole time. That's another thing about this match. It's so different than so many other Iron Man matches. They only get reactions at the falls. That was not the case here. No. Fans were up the whole time. It's perfect. I loved it. Yeah. I can imagine. If I would have been there live, like, dude, I'm hyped up in my living room like if i'd have been there live i would have been fucking buck wild losing my voice yeah 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 i mean aew too man like the positioning the company is in like they're about to face the most interesting the most interested professional wrestling fans have been in a wrestlemania in a very long time you know what i mean like even their crowd like like the mass media the mass mainstream has all wrestlemania is wrestlemania has always been wrestlemania will always be wrestlemania but i'm saying like even the iwc has started to give a shit more about wwe this year since like they give a shit more about this wrestlemania than they have since aew has been up aew and like they needed they needed this show to happen right before wrestlemania to be like hey we're still the solid number two like we're not we're not just we're not TNA. We're not we're not, you know, even WCW like we're 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 96 WCW. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we're a very they they finally feel like this show finally felt like a true good alternative, a good alternative. This was didn't feel like a WWE show at all. Didn't have any of those same things. It was a professional wrestling show, but it was really good. There wasn't some stupid ass like way over the top thing that threw everything off. Like we brush all that shit. Like we make fun of like the pitch black matches, but like AEW just had some dumbass shit hey, on, on a regular. Two, remember, remember revolution two years ago, yes. the dud on the thing. And- yes. It's like, dude, like that's, that's what I mean. Like the, every, they still do. They, they were, they've been doing some WCW shit now. Like this was the best booked AEW card front to back. They've done period. Like really good. And they had to have it. They'd had to have this show at this point in time, right now, right before Mania. They had to have it here. I think the, if you look at the way that they booked the results, too, just throughout the card, I, it's a very clear statement, in my opinion, of where they know they need to focus. 
Yes. And it, it's it, it's not as though they're focusing, you know, they're never going to focus away from Chris Jericho, but they can use Chris Jericho to focus on to yes. Ricky Starks. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. that kind of shit, that sort of thought process seemed very prevalent throughout the show. And you don't want to continue to do things like action. Andretti doesn't need to be the TNT champion next week. You know what I mean? Like we can't right. keep doing shit like that, but yeah. like it's still kind of having some new faces because a lot of the younger viewers are always going to get hyped about seeing some new faces as long as they could care about them for some fucking reason. But then you still have all these new faces that have been dwindling up till now. And like, yes, they kind of continued the trend on dynamite. We touched on it a little bit. Three days later, powerhouse Hobbs wins the TNT title for Wardlow. So right. three day TNT title reign. Now Hobbs has his time as the champ. That's great for Hobbs. Hobbs has needed something for so fucking long now and just yeah. not been used and sat on the sidelines. And it, Wardlow can afford it. Wardlow has had enough of the focus that he can stay in this hunt and it'll be great for him. Great for the viewers. It's a good storyline. But it just elevates a guy like Hobbs, who has endless fucking potential too. So yeah, there's so much meat on the bone there. We eventually want to see Wardlow go back at MJF. There's so much. There's so much there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Adam. I think the I think the impending moment is Adam Cole and MJF. Like that's going to be the next thing. It has to be right. I mean, it's got to be. And I think that that's that's a big aspect of what they're doing with the women's division right now too. Is I don't think. At first, even last week, I said that they might do like a Britt Baker turn again on Hater because that feud is natural. Oh, burn. I don't think it's happening soon, though, especially with this all access show coming out and shit like that and where people are going to see her and Adam together and stuff. They're not going to kayfabe it to the point where she's playing heel because they're going to keep him squeaky fucking clean. She has to be a baby face right now. And the the way they're going with this whole AEW originals versus the ex-WWE people, like I I just don't – I just see them staying baby face at this point just by default. Like it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope that that isn't something that they keep. They almost had some like the way she was talking about it almost had some wannabe NWO vibes last night on Dynamite when Ruby cut that promo. And I'm like, please don't fucking allude to that shit. Oh, because they call them they call them outsiders. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And, and the spray, spray paint, paint and the fucking. They've been doing the spray paint for a few weeks now, so that's nothing new. I know, but either way, that's besides the point. Overall, I got to give kudos. I got to give flowers to AEW. They're doing a good job. I mean, look, when WWE started going back to focusing on some different creative ideas, pushing some new people, but getting it to where it made sense, we all applauded them. We got to do the same for AEW as they're coming up now, too. Both companies right now, if you think about it, this is probably – more so behind the scenes than on the front lines, but it'll translate to the front lines about to be one of the more interesting 12 months periods of time in wrestling in a while, because those rights fees negotiations are going to come up. Oh yeah. I was reading about that today with Fox. And then you got like, you know, not only that, there's all the sale rumors, which may, may, you know, at this point, I even think they're probably amounting to jack shit. They're probably not even going to sell. They may go private or something. They may not even do that. They're just trying to go back private. That's all it is. But then you look at the way that that's going to play out. That's going to impact their TV. That's going to impact what they're doing. As far, I mean, as far as Mania, you know, you got Trish Stratus back now. That's confirmed. Cena's on Mania now. That's confirmed. Like, honestly, like Mania, the card is like, oh, it's looking looking pretty good. But last year, Stone Cold and the Jackass stuff, that it's going to be hard to top that is all I'm saying. Yeah. But it's going to be different for sure. However, I mean, I don't see them disappointing, bro. I really I mean, don't. Night or two nights this year. Two nights. Okay, well then, so far the card looks like only enough for one night, so maybe it'll get a little bit more plump, a little bit more juicy. Oh yeah, I mean we still got a, we still got I mean almost a month left. Yeah, a month. 
Yeah, you got so that. Like, you got fucking uh, also like all of the Hall of Fame. I mean, really, the only thing anybody said is now Mick Foley has revealed that he was asked to induct somebody, and that's not even a hundred percent definite yet. Right. But and everybody's guessing as to who that's going to be, and I'm I have my theories. I don't know, but it's gonna be uh, Chris Benoit for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Who who would it be? Who 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 do you think it's going to? Because I, I I literally like I thought about it and I was like everybody I can think of is already in the Hall of Fame. Well, what he said was that he was contacted by this person and hadn't spoken to them in a really long time. And out of the choices, oh. that made sense, yada, yada, yada. This could, that, that could mean a lot of fucking things. Don't get me wrong. It could mean a lot of fucking things. And this is a I, wild guess. You know. But you know. I don't know. I'm thinking Scotty it's... Scotty too hotty, right? I'm thinking it's Melina, but I don't know. I like, hate to but all right. Think about who they've inducted from the women's division in the past few years, man. Oh, I don't think that's who it is. Is, like, is it a woman? Is it a woman? That's what he said? He, he didn't say for definite, no. Who do you think it is? I think it's Rock. I don't know, man. I think it's the Mountie. I think it's Rock. <laughs> I don't think it's the Rock, dude. I mean, he's the only one from that era that like is that makes sense. I heard Batista could be going in, but why Fo- Batista well, going Foley. in? Not Foley. Yeah. But Foley for The Rock makes perfect sense. Well, it no, makes I perfect that sense. That makes sense. I just don't think it's The Rock. And you can't, because you can't have Roman. You no. know what I mean? You can't, you can't have any of the Usos do it. So if you can't have family do it, who's, who's the next guy in line? It's got to be Foley. Has to be. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I got the vibe that it, that's not what it was. Like, I don't know. It just seems like. It seems like it wouldn't have even been mentioned if it was The Rock, first of all. Like, I don't think he would have even fucking alluded to it. I mean, we're Hollywood, though, right? Like, it's Is Sandman be- in the Hall of Fame or, like, any random ECW wrestlers? <laughs> it's Shane Douglas, guys. It's Shane. Or it's yeah, Mikey right. Whipwreck. It's Mikey Whipwreck. That's Mikey it Whipwreck, yep. That's it. It's Al Snow. It's Al Snow. He's getting that would the be Hall perfect, of Fame. actually. It's the Blue Meanie. Jesus Christ. I, I still don't think – I don't know. I don't think it's Rock, man. I, like, the Molina thing wouldn't surprise me just because if you look at – like, Tori Wilson shouldn't be the fucking Hall of Fame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Molly Holly's in there, and I she did great work, and I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve it or whatever, but I could see them doing the Molina thing. I really could. Is Jazz in the Hall of Fame? Not yet, no. She probably won't for a while because of them lawsuits, but uh, – Yeah. She's not going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> she deserves it, but no, them lawsuits, she ain't getting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was there anything else from Dynamite that we missed? That's pretty much. I mean, we pretty much covered all the main bits and points of it. I mean, it was a like very story-driven, focused show. The in-ring work was really good, but it kind of it kept it really moving in that right direction. Like the last few weeks of Dynamite have been really in-ring heavy and fantastic, and this had a little bit more promo story stuff. But everything moved forward. We're getting we got that wild Tony promo telling how the AEW. All Atlantic Championship is going to be now the International Championship, which has always made sense because all the flags on it weren't even All Atlantic. Oh, it just didn't make sense. But now it makes sense, but the promo didn't make sense. It's very off the wall and crazy, so I advise people to watch it. I just think don't think Tony got as Tony Khan is a good public speaker. He's, he's just, just like got to get off the blow, bro. Like he's just got to slow on, down. I don't think he's on blow. I think he's just like, um, come on, dude. Come how many cokeheads have you been around, dude? None, so I don't know. Yeah, he do telltale signs. Yeah, like his eye, the way he moves, the way his eyes move, and the way he shakes. I just think his, he's like, like on Adderall and good vibes. I don't know, man. He's he's snorting fucking blow with million dollar bills, my friend. Like that's just what's happening. Yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, I'll do a little too. You know, I mean, I get I'll do a little too. <laughs> I don't base. 
Ah, uh, sometimes I'm based. But the uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting in traffic. I, <laughs> I like AEW's youth movement. It's a good movement. Focus on the young guys. Focus on the homegrown talent. And really, in all sports right now, even wrestling, everything, I think youth. It's it's it making it's making sense. I mean, yeah, man, I'm into except it, for uh, except for AJ McCarron not getting that third uh, win in a row on a fourth and twenty-five. But it's okay. They got a home. They got a home game with thirty thousand people there. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be crazy. crazy. It's gonna be crazy. I'm loving the XFL. Oh, a bunch of my buddies from St. Louis are going. Yeah, hell yeah, they should go. I mean, that's gonna be historic, man. It's gonna be awesome. I love how we turn this into a football conversation somehow. But um, yeah, man. I mean, it, well, it is the Rock. You know, he is busy with that. So yeah, I don't know. He's, he's the owner. He's the running it. But, dude, I don't know. The Hollywood thing, the Hall of Fame, like, especially since, they, like, you can't have a lame Hall of Fame in L.A. Like, you just, you can't. Like, they got to have some, like said, some they solid marquee massive. guy. Like, they have to, they need one massive marquee guy. And, like, I don't see who that could be at this Batista's point. who I, everybody's betting money was on. But, like, I think that could make sense in its own way. I don't see Batista and Rock going in the same year, though. No, <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could be anybody. Uh, you never know. You never know. Maybe it's you Lex Luger. Maybe it's Lex Luger. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Is he I in already? No. It would make sense. I mean, the China thing makes sense on her own. You know, I like I could see that. And I could see Foley doing it, too. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I, the way he alluded to the way he spoke about it, this person is still living. He oh, said somebody okay. who he hadn't talked to in a long time that asked him to induct them. So Gabriel, I think hundred yeah, percent. Dude, that's gonna rack my brain now. Yeah. I mean it's it could be, you know, it could be a lot of people. I don't I don't I have no idea. I have no idea. I just Terry thought Funk's already in the Hall of Fame, right? Huh? Terry Funk's already in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I'm sure he was pretty sure he was one of the like earlier on people. Yeah, nineties. Nineties, yeah. Oh, okay. Um yeah, man. Well, you know what? We'll find out. We'll find out. Listen, I'm really glad that we got a show about all AEW tonight, though. It was really fun. Um, the show is incredible, man. I mean, I watched that main event. Th- Listen, okay, we record this on a Thursday. Show happened on Sunday night. I've watched that main event three times. So I've spent three hours of this week only on that one match. It was so good. If you haven't seen it, find a way. Like, find a way. If you care about wrestling at all, or maybe even if like even if you don't really watch wrestling right now and like you listen for nostalgia purposes or whatever, like, dude, go watch that match. <laughs> you will not regret it. You will it it's it's so good. It's everything professional wrestling should be. Great match. Great show. AEW, keep it up. We wish you well. This is probably be our last big deep dive into AEW before uh the end of the show. So man. God, I'm excited. AEW looks, you know, I'm excited about AEW again, which, and I haven't really been able to say that in a long time. So I'm pumped about it. Um, Wex, overall thoughts, man. What do you think about the week in AEW? I mean, great show. One of the best pay-per-views I've ever had. Definitely a top three pay-per-view of all time. Best revolution for sure. Yeah. Definitely now, like my favorite uh, MJF match before this was the last revolution against CM Punk. Now this Blows that shit out the goddamn water. Out of the water, yeah. And we'll, and we'll just forget about CM Punk ever existing, and we'll move on past this. Yeah. And, yeah, this is one of the best shows. Like I said, top three of all time, uh, six beers. Like, it's yeah, definitely up there. One of the best ones ever. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Jesse, your overall thoughts? Man, you know, I think this is a, this is a triple whammy across the board here between the three of us, which doesn't happen all that often. But 
I, I show was fucking great. It was impeccably lined out and impeccably yeah. booked. The results all made sense. I, it's it was all there for me, and they kind of kept the train rolling with dynamite. So I hope that they continue that. I hope a lot of the other contract negotiations and things like that don't get in the way. Um, but man, kudos to AEW, man. Hopefully the ROH thing only helps and doesn't distract. I hope that being able to focus on ROH a little bit kind of helps them figure out how to focus the roster a little bit more. And it seemingly it would help them do that. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Indeed. That's going to do it for us this week. You can always find the show at kfabe.com on Instagram and Twitter at kfabe.com on TikTok, kfabe comparisons on YouTube and Facebook. You can always find me, your boy, at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. And my band, The Far Between, we just put out a single like two weeks ago. We're still pushing it, man. Go check it out. Uh, it's called Outline by The Far Between. If you just type that in everywhere, Outline, Far Between, you will find it. I promise. Anywhere. Uh, Knoxville, we will be in you uh, on Saturday. We're playing at Barley's Tap Room. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm really, really excited about it. I haven't, been pl- I haven't played in Knoxville in like Really excited to ring the far between there. It's going to be a really, really fun time. Uh, please come check us out if you're in the Knoxville area. Um, yeah. Man, Wex, where can people find you? You can always find your boy Wex Breaking the Lawson at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all your platforms. You know, you know your TikTok, your Instagram, your Facebook. Uh, you know, I've I, I finally been on TikTok doing some skateboard stuff recently. It's been nice out a few days here and there. Been fun. And, uh, you know, I just want to say uh, don't trade Derrick Henry and uh, John Morant. We've got your back. He's, you're innocent. Oh, I don't know about that second one. Hey, but, he, got, uh, he got cleared by the Colorado police is all I'm saying. So uh, well. but let's 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 get up. Let's, uh, you know, take a break. Get away from all the bullshit. Take the drinking down a little bit. And uh, if you were drinking that hard doing them triple double 27 point average in a game, come back sober. You're going to be doing 50 a game. Let's get it. Bro. He need to be acting a little bit better. That's all I got to say. Hey, about that's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, he's out for at least four more games. He needs to like, maybe maybe just take another week off, get his shit together, and uh, get back in get back on the court. We need you, Steve. Yeah, he's, 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 he's absolutely. Uh, he has potential to be a legendary talent for sure. So yeah, hope hope hopefully everything goes well for him. Just for hey. an athletic fan in general. Nike's got him supported still. Powerade ain't dropped him. They're like you know get your shit together. We're proud. You're owning your shit. Yeah, and, you know like I said. You know, get get a shit together and young guys out there if you're listening, don't get drunk and uh go live in the club and hold a gun up. Yeah, it's real Just dumb. don't do it. It's real Just dumb. don't do it. Real but uh if you drink like he does, he was probably blackout because I saw him turn up the bottles of tequila like goddamn I ain't I drink tequila and I don't, I don't even drink like that. Like he was, oh, he was getting after it. Yeah. But at least he's young enough to where he can get past this and he's not gonna you know, yet hopefully not ruin his career because I love that dude. Best player since Derrick Rose. Right. Hold it down for the state of Tennessee, because Titans and the Preds are blowing that shit up, as y'all see. So we need to, we need, we need something to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, just for the record, I have no idea who any of these people are, so I neither condone nor condemn their actions because it's foreign to me. Uh, you can find me at Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram or Twitter, or just regular old Jesse Baker on the Facebook. That's about all I know. Hell yeah. That's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.